yeah, this first episode of Free Speech, um, I feel incredibly limber now because we got all that first yeah. conversation out. Yeah. Um, it is uh, January 6, 2023. We're, at, uh, we're in Chicago, northern side, at Off the Ground Studios. Um, thank you for having us here. Great space to be in, great vibe. Um, I'm here with my two brothers, Lam Sedechu Win, Jason Kisu Kim, um, Rhythm Kids family, Chicago family, hip hop family. Um, and these two have supported me. <laughs> uh, these two have supported me with um, a heavy hand and an authentic heart. Um, and I just thank them for wanting to take the time to be here to have this conversation and talk about the the real shit. You know what I'm saying? So appreciate you guys for being here. Thanks for yeah. having us, bro. Thanks for having us. Um, so going back to the beginning of this all. Um, just tell me a little bit about you guys' uh, dance beginnings and background, however much you want to give, and what inspired you to get to this point today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I started dancing uh, 20. Yo, this is Lam. <laughs> Lam Sedechu Nguyen from Rhythm Kit. Um, yeah, I can name a few name crew, dance crew that I represent as well back in Vietnam. Natural Crew, Urban Warrior, BJS. Uh, but yeah, I've been dancing for 13 years, 13, 14, 15 years, somewhere around that. Damn. Um, damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I start off with, uh, you know, K-pop. Um, yeah, because back then K-pop, you know, like they influenced a lot of, you know, USA hip-hop. Yeah. And heavily. And like, I just love that, you know, I love like the ruckus, you know, like look and like the movement and even like, the music that they make is what influenced a lot by uh, USA as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then later on, well, you know, I transitioned, you know, joining a hip hop crew, a breaking crew, and my best friend, you know, they just asked me, like, what are you doing? What, what style are you doing? I'm like, K pop. Right. I'm like, K pop. <laughs> what else, bro? Yeah, I'm like, and bro, like, and my friend's like, yo, but you're a hip hop crew. You gotta do hip hop dance. I'm like, what? Hip hop dance? <laughs> hip hop is amazing. Oh, uh, and Taylor, he showed me the video. I'm like, yo, check out this video and stuff. And it's funny because he, he after he showed me like Chris Brown video and stuff, you know, he's he showed me I'm like, okay, this is cool, this is interesting, but you know, um I will do my own research and like find something else. And my own, the same friend that sent me a video of Chicago Footwork. Mm. It's called Footwork King. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Shout Forward out King. Charles, shout out Yeah, shout out Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I but I didn't like that style either. I'm like the I, I, think, <laughs> I think I didn't like the music. The music was so fast. Yeah, super fast, yeah. Yeah, it didn't sound like hip hop. So I uh, I started doing my own research and I found, you know, the first video, very first video is what just debut, Niako Salas versus the twins. Yeah. That's video yeah. I'm just watching that shit. Yeah, it, it just it just amazed me like how you know, I never thought the hip hop dance can be battle like that. It's it's look very different with, you know, breaking. Yeah. You know, at that time, I thought 
hip hop is breaking, the breaking hip hop, which is Mexican, which is, you know? yeah. But the hip hop dance, hip hop freestyle is just different, and yeah, I I I very like Miyako style, so I'm just like researching him, watching Juice Debut and a bunch of stuff, and uh, started up the style from here from there, and then uh, 2015 moved to the U.S. Uh, for a battle guest opportunities in Sacramento, mm-hmm. so, uh, Northwest, Southwest 16, South Sweet, South Sweet 16, that's what they call. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after the event, fly back to Chicago because I have family here and, um, you know, just decide to stay in here for a little bit and got to connect with, uh, you know, the, the dancing here. Shout out to Tuja, Vero, Brand One. Yes. These yes. three are the first three who like connect me with the freestyle scene over here. They took me around, especially Vero and Brand One. They took me to the club, mm-hmm. show me like the club scene over here. That's amazing. Connect me with um, Chicago Tri. Uh, was it So Swift? Uh, no, Electric not Funketeer. Yet. Not, mm. not yet So Swift. Uh, uh, but yeah, Electric Funky Tear and a bunch of crew in the scene. All legendary names. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and later on, two, three years later, I start Rhythm Kit with Johnny and Tatiana. Shout out to you too. Yeah, yeah. Love you guys. Uh, and then, um, yeah, two years later, one, two years later, I met Pisu. I had Pisu in the crew and uh, Tanya and... Uh, yeah, and, and later on, Frank joined the crew, mm-hmm. and then we have the, the new family. gen right now. Uh, Pete Paris, Kian, Erica, yep, and crew, we have nine people right now. Um, we've been doing, you know, pretty much the same what I've been doing back in Vietnam, where I be the community, you know, giving back to the community, do anything that, you know, support the community, you know, helping them to sustain that, one of my dreams. Helping the community, especially street dancer, to sustain that life with mm. dancing. You know, they can make money, they can do shit with dance, yeah. and still living their life comf- comfortably. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that pretty much. Yeah. I'm suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my journey started when, um, you know, one of my friends would tell me, "Hey, if you wanted to." Get girls that you know start you should learn how to dance and i remember uh one of the girls that i was super attracted to uh, at the time she was a part of this uh studio and this company and she said hey we're having classes like you should come through um and i was okay yeah sure you know and and i rolled through and i remember um i got blindsided because she was like oh this is an audition audition um so I went through it, and it was the most embarrassing thing that I've ever been through. But I remember um, that when I we had to call this number, and that would tell us whether or not our numbers were called, like to come back and what have you, and didn't get called, and I was so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But I remember that um, that's what really kind of sparked my interest in the choreo scene and choreo world. And I, I decided I'm going to dedicate myself to uh, train at that studio, uh, learn their learn their style, learn everything, and then I remember I auditioned like six months later, and I made it. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, I guess like kind of how it all started was, you know, uh, my friends, one of my best friends, Artie, he would tell me, he came over one time and said, "Hey, do you know Chris Brown?" Um, and and we, I, I had no idea who he was at the time. I was a youngin, I had no idea. And they were like, "Oh, it's the next Michael Jackson." 
Um, and I remember just like being enamored with the way that he danced and then he performed and everything. And I, uh, what led up to afterwards was I remember he came over and showed me Nam Hyun Joon. And then from there, that started the whole, not only the K-pop side of things, but it started the whole just popping side of my interest there. Um, and then I had, like, I kid you not, three moves that I went to. Went mm-hmm. with. And then I remember that audition, I used all three of them, and I had nothing. I had nothing to show for my showcase. Um, and then going to the studio, training with them, did that until about six years ago. Um, and I remember Tudor, now that you brought up his name, um, he's him and, he was in the choreo scene as well. And we took a drive up to a convention in Milwaukee together, mm-hmm. me and him. And this is the first time like we had two like an hour and a half, two hours just to chit chat, get to know each other, break everything down. He was the one driving. I didn't feel like driving. He talked to me cool. And he was just like, You should come over to the you know, come to a session, you know. Uh, I know that I know these couple cats. We're actually having a battle. You should slide through. Um, and I was like, I have no business being at a battle. Mm-hmm. You know, no business being at these sessions. And he goes, No, nah, they're welcoming. Like, come through. And I remember that's the battle where I met Lam, Frank, and um, uh, uh, Tempo. Tempo, yes. Shout Tempo. out Tempo. And Lam and his crew uh, went against three of my good friends and absolutely torched them <laughs> in the first round. Uh, shout out Jack, Walter, and, and, and Knight. My, oh, boys. my boys. Um, and absolutely wrecked those three. And I remember I, I was watching Lam specifically dance and the way that he went through and, and performed the, the hip-hop style, I was like, okay, this is where I want to train under. And I went to him um, and I, I just pretty much asked him to you know kind of mentor me, teach me, kind of, uh, this is what I want to learn. Um, and he graciously took me, and then I've been with him now for six years, um, and here we are. Here we are. Yeah, man. Was uh, dancing a part of your uh, familiar backgrounds? Like, was was dancing with uh, any anywhere a part of your family, and did that drive you to uh, that influence your style now, um, or was it kind of like nothing before, and then all of a sudden it's your life? Um. Yeah, dancing wasn't a thing in our families. Uh, even though you know we love uh, party, and my dad, you know, do some goofy dance sometimes, <laughs> and I love that. I miss him. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that dance wasn't. You know, I think in our in our whole family, just me and Viet Phan, Shout out to my cousin Shout Viet. Out Viet. Um, he's the only two dancer in the family. Um. But I think the you know some part of the big influence that I got when I'm very young, you know, like five, six, seven. Uh, my parents used to own a coffee shop business, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know, in the coffee shop in culture in Vietnam is pretty different. You know, we blast the music, and you know we have TV where you know playing uh, Michael Jackson and you know, yeah. all that. Uh, yeah, funky music back then. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, super Check funky. out Viet5 and uh... <laughs> <laughs> Viet5 pretty American right now. Right. So, so I still love Viet5. Viet5 the best. Shout out to Anton. Um, but yeah, so every, you know, one part of the, the, the business that every weekend we have to update new music. 
So my dad, you know, often took me to like a CD shop, DVD shop to buy music. And uh, we bought a lot of, you know, like punk music, uh, you know, reggae, and like, yeah, a, a bunch of, you know, video and stuff. And that's something that stood, stood out to me back then in Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I think like he do live show something, but uh, the part where... That there's one of his show when he does the dangerous song, yeah, and he dance with the group and like I love that so much. I'm my making that you know his dance like when I was younger. I still have the footage in my uh, uncle wedding, and I just do something I didn't even you know what I didn't know what I did back then, but yeah. just you know do that spin and like grab my, <laughs> grab my <laughs> learning a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that in our family, there nobody danced but us, and you know, um, I think my influence, like early influence, probably Michael Jackson, yeah, video and stuff. But yeah, word. Um, yeah, not not many performers or anything in my family. I didn't know my aunt was a professional Korean traditional dancers with the drums and everything uh, until way later in my dance career. Um, but my dad was probably the one that really kind of inspired me to start off. He would be the life of the party. Um, he would be the one, first one and the last one to pick up the karaoke mic. Um, he loved kind of the uh, Frank Sinatra type of music, yes. um, even though he can't speak a lick of English. Mm. Um, but like the Korean side of it. And, and he would serenade our family members and like walk around the whole party. And so like that's where kind of my uh, inspiration kind of started off with the performance side of things. Um, and then I, I guess it wasn't really until, like I said, with external, with friends and, and uh, introducing me to Michael Jackson, Namjoon Joon, you know, Chris Brown, um, and then the girl, you know, luring me into a, a blind audition, right? right? Um, it wasn't until that where dance really became a, a really important thing in my life or at least the start of it anyway right right right. yeah um i also mirrored kind of the same uh background in that my family wasn't too dancey Mm -hmm. um like we had my mom and i my mom used to uh like grab me and slow dance in the living room sometimes and uh michael jackson was incredibly a heavy influence um we we talked about earlier um having like a dvd or a Mm -hmm. like a tape of a like Michael Jackson performances, yeah. and I had one that had like five different performances on it that I would just run back, put it in a little rewind, and yeah. run back and put it in the. Did you, know. you use the thing? Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> mine was located like a little car. Like I could put the VHS in there and then run, run it back, oh, and yeah. the oh, wheels would turn. Bougie. It was super it was like, fun. Oh, yeah. Fun. <laughs> um, and uh, initially, I wanted to be an entertainer, whatever that meant. Um, I thought that meant singer or whatever at the time. Um, but then my voice got mad deep um, after puberty, and I was like, maybe I won't sing. Yeah. Um, and didn't really have a lick of dancing in my body. My mom's the one who taught me how to catch a beat uh, to the Justin Timberlake Justified album, still one of the best albums in the world. Nice. Um, nice. And, uh, yeah, then somewhere in there, uh, I just – I saw – I would see people, um, like these two kids uh, – at our school dances, hitting waves and tuts because that was the, the mm. step up area, the step up era. So everybody was kind of doing the, and low low was on the radio and Timbaland was doing his thing, like, right. um, and they were getting women, 
they were getting girls. And I was like, I need that. I don't have any confidence. I don't have any of this. Michael Jackson got girls. They're getting girls. Obviously, dancing is the key. Um, Started learning my little glides and stuff like that. And uh, from there, it kind of just transitioned. Like, dubstep became super super big after that. And all of this, like, glitchy um, dancing started happening. Jerking was a thing, which is still a habit today. Um, (laughs) uh, Shuffling after that. And then it didn't really branch into choreo until I got into college. and then from there, it kind of stuck into this yeah. this long spent that I'm in now of from going from predominantly choreo to now freestyle and this being like my the home that I that I feel comfortable in. Um, that's brought me to meet people like you and everybody in the Chicago community and Dallas community. Um, so yeah, it, it it's interesting to hear people um, say like, "Oh, I've been dancing since I was two. Um, and they're like pulling resources from back when they were yeah. from their childhood. Um, now yeah. to somebody who didn't really, really, really dance until he was 18, 19, and almost feeling like you kind of got to play catch up to the ones who have been doing it their whole life. Yeah. But we're all in the same zone anyway. There's no real like competition or lanes or anything. So um, tell me about the um, start of Rhythm Kids. Um, I uh, feel like I'm, I'm super late in getting to know you guys or late in your guys' journey. We're really close now. Um, but Rhythm Kids is already years down the line of being a family, um, and I just got um, in, inserted into it just last year. Um, so, how what were the beginnings of that, and how did you uh, how did it develop into what it is today? Go ahead, Father Lam. Father Lam. I'm gonna check the camera real quick. Lam sa. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rhythm Kids. Yeah, it started off, um, you know, with three friends, and we all, you know, from abroad, mm-hmm. you know, from the country, uh, you know, from, from the place where hip-hop freestyle was, you know, pretty dominant. Mm-hmm. Ukraine, Tatiana from Ukraine. Shout out Tatiana. Uh, shout out Tatiana, Johnny from Germany. Shout out Johnny. And Lam from... Uh, shout Sarah's, out Lam. Yeah, he's sitting right here. <laughs> 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 shout out to Lam. Rhythm kids. By the way, y'all. <laughs> we got the merch on with the, the merch logo. on. Make by Kisu. Made by Kisu. Clear mind Super brand. Fire. Yes. Um oh shit. Oh, fuck. Um sorry but guys. Oh, but uh Kisu, but he back again. Rhythm <laughs> kids. <laughs> uh but yeah, rhythm kids start off with that three friends uh, and we are all up hip hop freestyle. Back in, uh, you know, I think it's not so long ago, a few years ago, uh, when we first moved here, there wasn't many pop freestyle dancers here. I would say just, you know, uh, just me, Tatiana, and Johnny's was here. And when we did the style, nobody know what was that. Uh, they just called freestyle or, you know, uh, when we introduced called hip hop, people still wasn't familiar with that. Um, but you know, we we know this is the star because you know, just debut and all other platforms yeah, they've yeah. been doing that. Um, so we just you know, just being us, just do what we do. Start with three friends. Didn't uh, intention nearly wanted to you know start up a crew because for me, I think you know, like it's, as a crew, it should start with you know a friendship. You know, like build the relationship. Uh, you know, like genuinely. It's not about, you know, okay, we are here for 
uh, something, you know. But like he, we're here for because we love dancing at first. We want to have fun and we want to build a good friendship. Uh, I think that's it when Rhythm Kids start. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, later on, you know, we have Kisu join the crew. We have Tanya join the crew. Shout out Tanya. Shout, Shout out, out Tanya. And we have, you know, um, uh, Frank join and then the new generation, which is just joined the crew last year. Yeah, last June or so. Yeah, last June. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. And it's funny because like we didn't recruit so you know like, for so recruit, long yeah for so long <laughs> even though you know like uh, there's you know many different crew come up in Chicago and they recruit like, so many people uh, yeah. but we feel like I think I just want to tune back again right because for me it's all about friendship and you know we believe into the style that we're doing the hip hop freestyle yeah and uh, you know and I want to see everybody here. That do the style that you know I'm doing, and you know we we speak the same you know language, we dance the same vocabulary, same rhythm, same feeling. I'm just like you know this this makes sense. Rhythm yes. kids makes sense, and again it's all about rhythm. The kids that love hip hop rhythm, that move to hip hop rhythm. Yes. Yeah, rhythm kids. Rhythm kids. 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 Um, <laughs> it's very interesting that uh that ends up being the name of the crew because uh. Um, I just I'm a I'm a study head when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Like I like I would love to be like a professor of this at some point, or somebody like a historian of this at some point. Um, and after just pouring, after just pouring into, it, it would be dope. And I and I'll be saying shout out uh, like Castro, um, because I didn't even realize that there were other people um, that uh, were already in that zone. Because um, Castro was uh, calls himself, or he is called by or called by other people, um, a professor of dance, professor of popping. Um, and when you talk to him about popping or dance in general, his knowledge is extensive. Like it, mm-hmm. it could be curricularized mm-hmm. to, and, and it's lesson-based, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, versus a lot of people who, you're, who, who we learn from nowadays are kind of just giving you um, personal experience, which isn't bad, um, but there is a objective line between all of this knowledge and it's up to it's up to us to actually sit down and hone in on what that on what that objective line is so that we're not giving people binary advice or Mm. binary information Um, we're actually giving them something that they can take and then when they pass it on it's also just as universal as when they got it Um, but diving into like hip-hop as a style as a culture um, I'm realizing at least in, in the dance form of it um, it's not so much about the moves. No, no dance style really is. Uh, every style is more about which, like, it's set pattern of rhythms. Um, in hip hop specifically, there's the different like regional dialects and hip hop freestyle that we do now, or the the thing that we consider to be the technique is the New York dialect. But there's also turfing in the Bay. There's joking in in Memphis. There's uh, Dallas Daytown boogie in Dallas. There's uh, yeeking in in Atlanta, and there's they're all danced to hip hop music, and they're all using the same techniques, but the cadence and the pattern at which these are performed is drastically different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool that we can still stay within the bubble of a style, but also explore the different ways it can be interpreted, and it makes me feel something different. Just at the session last night. Uh, Kian put on some like ASAP Rocky and then put on a little bit of joking music after we were done dancing to like Billa beats and um, and experimental like hip hop beats and I'm like man this is all hip hop but 
why do I feel like headbanging? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, it's just dope to be in a crew called Rhythm Kids because it, I didn't even know that that's where I gravitated to in all of this until I was around the people who also um, enjoy that same thing. So I'm just happy to be a part of this family around people who um, love this as much as I do. So. I think Super Fan. also, I, I feel like before we, or at least for me, uh, my my Spotify playlist was just all commercial music. Mm-hmm. Realistically, prior to I started taking this side of dance very seriously, um, uh, there's a clear difference between commercial music and obviously like, um, uh, I guess da- the music that we dance to is completely is, is really different, right? Yeah. Especially like at sessions and battles, is completely different, different types of feel. Um, and I fe- I felt like it was once I started training with Lum is when my music everything really changed yeah because he started to play that type of music that would be played at sessions and battles um and I remember I don't know if you remember this I I still have the chat when we were talking about Rhythm Kids we were trying to think of like what does it look like what is the theme what is the definition Mm -hmm. what is Mm -hmm. the logo right and we had this like this crazy complex logo that we thought of where it was like your fingerprint, remember? But it was musical notes in the fingerprint. Ooh. But then we kind of we kind of thought about it and conceptualized it. And we, when you put it on a shirt, it, it's way too busy. It's a lot. It's way yeah. too long. Yeah. This logo didn't come until what a year ago? Yeah, years ago? not yeah. not too long ago. Yeah. And we we really just, ours was just text, remember? Mm-hmm. For the longest time. But anyway, the long story short, it was my music changed, and and I like the fact that it's rhythm kids because it just. We just continue to discover, whoa, Whatever discovering that was. newer types of music, newer types of things. But it, at the end of the day, we're, we're able to find kind of the consistencies within our music so that we, we, we're all on the same page when we're listening to certain things. Yes, so. most definitely. Um, and last thing on this, but um, I just love that it's kids because um, this is where, that's where the art form comes from. Yeah. Um, this is where it's birthed, like, Whenever I'm doing this dance style, it makes me feel like a kid. Yeah. Um, I anything anything that makes me feel and connect back to myself makes me feel like a kid. And yeah. Um, ultimately, I think that's where we need to be sourcing our inspiration from, mm-hmm. um, sourcing our um, energy, our energy from. And it's nice to words have power, so it's nice to see that in the name. Um, and anytime we we shout this out, it reminds people that like what energy we're coming from yeah. um if you saw my shift gaze my the love of my life just walked in the room um so Hello, that's just what that is Sada. <laughs> um love of my life, love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um next thing i kind of want to get into is we have a juicy debut veteran here um it's oh, yeah. really rare that we um, get to actually talk to somebody who's danced and competed on that caliber of competition. Um, can you talk a little bit about that process and um, before, and then what what does the day after a competition like that feel like? Like, what is what's that? What's the feeling in your stomach after that? Uh, you mean like after the Just Debut Singapore or the one in um, Paris? Well, so you won Singapore, um, and then and then in Paris, uh, in top, what, competed top sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
obviously the one in Paris is the is the bigger event, but either one is of massive caliber. So you could talk probably about a little bit of both of them and how what you felt at both at both those times. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Just Debut is some is an is an event. Is the first video, like I said, the first video I saw, um, you know, about hip hop freestyle is you know Miyako Salah Special Place Queens. Mm. And uh, the, the, the battle, the, the battle is what Just Debut. So, you know, Just Debut being something that I very want to be competing on. Uh, so, and yeah, and, and I'm just, I, I'm say I'm going to train for that. I don't know when it's going to come to, you know, like South Asia, you know, because we never have something like that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the not time yet. has come. Yeah, not, not yet. yet. Um, and the time has come. Just debut, uh, you know, first time my 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 homie, uh, my mentor, Cloud. Shout out to Cloud. Shout out, Cloud. Uh, yeah, Cloud sent me the information like, "Yo, Lam, just debut in Singapore now." Is is not the years that I want the years in the, like before that. Uh, so I'm like, oh shit, you know, like let's train for this. Mm-hmm. So I just I so we live in both different cities. I flew to his city and spent two months, three months with him, just training. Yeah. Straight training, oh. like, and you know, you already know, a uh, training Asian level. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that shit was wild. I don't. Yeah, is we we dance every day, like four or five hours every day. That's dedication. And uh, and it's like I I still rem- remember when we wake up every day. I stay at his place, so wake up every day. We drill for the Asian, for one or two hours, and then he go to work. I'm home just playing games yeah. and, you know, watching video, learning about, you know, that, yeah, I, I was a bit nerdy like you too, to learn about. I'm a little bit of nerd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, last, the first year just to be in Singapore, I make to final. Uh, and lost uh, by uh, Semi Blank. Shout out to Semi Blank, my homie mm-hmm. from Indonesia. Uh, and then, the, you know, I, I was a little salty, like, you know, because it, it's what tie break. What tie break? Oh, fight. Yeah, it's what yeah. tie break. Um, and I, 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 I my, 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 my partner, he, he did the, the tie break round. Mm-hmm. We lost that. But to be honest, when I lost that battle, I'm very happy. I still remember the moment when. You know, the first time we go, you know, always in the, like out of the country for competition, and uh, you know, just debut being something that you know we want to go. I remember the day, me and my me and my partner, you know, we always you know we talking about that all the time from Vietnam, fly to Singapore and talk about it. And I still remember when we first, sh- you know, first time showed up at the venue, we were so emotional. Mm-hmm. We walk into the play. We so emotional. We saw Brody Kenzie. We emotional. Everything. Yeah, I I I was I was a little emotional. You know, I like start tearing out a little bit. Um, but yeah, that you know that is very mean. Is meaning a lot for us. So after we we lost that battle, we go home, train even harder. I spent a years just like for training, uh, for that battle. Uh, and then the next year we won. We won that battle, uh, just debut, and uh, apparently is my mentor, uh, Nyako, my you know my idol as well. He he judging that battle, you know. So when I won that battle, it also mean a lot. A lot like, yeah. It means so much for me to you know like judging by the person that I look up to, and uh, yeah, and 
and the, the day after I won the event is is what's surreal. Mm-hmm. It's like oh shoot, you know. This... I'll uh, I'll plug the video. Um, I was actually just watching it before I came here. The of you guys winning Singapore and the the crowd is literally erupting whenever they won. Like everybody's hugging them, and um, it just looks like everybody was culminated in their hard work. Um, it's very touching. I'm gonna plug it in. Yeah, I feel you know like a little cringe when I think about that. <laughs> I think I, it's very beautiful. You Mom know, had long hair. I think I just watched so many yeah, times. Yeah, that's just she was saying three hair. Yeah, it was out long, super yeah. long. Yeah, tail. Yeah, super long tail. <laughs> you know, trying to be my mentor, I have that long hair, <laughs> but and you know. It was <laughs> 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 Wait, it wasn't braided. It's it's a little, a little. But, <laughs> a little. Uh, what uh, you mean a little? A little, a little Padawan braid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that and then like travel to Paris. Obviously, you know when I, it's it's crazy. It's crazy feeling to be on the stage. You know, like worldwide, mm-hmm. so many heavy hitter in that room, like thousand of people. But I didn't. I thought I would feel nervous, but I feel like I feel very happy. Mm-hmm. I feel mo- emotion. I feel like accomplished. You know, because I. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know because just debut is it was a dream if it's a dream for me it's like you know and when i did that it's gave me an idea of like okay any dream can come true you know i just need to put enough work determined enough to make that happen uh so when i was on that stage wasn't nervous at all super happy yeah dance my heart off um yeah and uh you know the good thing that you know all the people who I look up to, Miyako, Salas, Mitch, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that time, 10 years ago, yeah, 10 years ago, I met uh, Alistair Cage, session with him, Charman, all that, Kat. I think Shay, Shay and Kenzo were in that same, were in that uh, competition as well that year. Um, I think Balu and maybe Majid was in that competition yeah. that year. Like, there was yeah, a, yeah, a Majid, what year was yeah. there? I remember Majid. What, what year was it? 2012. 2012. 2012. And yeah, it's just crazy to you know uh, to be to just like session like hang out with like those cats. Mm-hmm. They they're mass inspiring, super nice. Um, but yeah, I hope I answered the question. I no, absolutely. Like just, you know, um, you mentioned something a little so- earlier uh, about uh, you described the the time the time like flying flying to another city, spending two to three months training, and then the the next year training after that. Um, can you speak to the cultural differences between um, what training or what how people are, are approaching this art specifically over uh, across the sea in Asia, Europe? Both of you can uh, kind of attest to this, and how you see those differences apply um, here in America and even Chicago as a as a city. Yeah. Um, I would say, like you know, different parts of the world outside of the U.S., there's a lot of government backing in certain places, not everywhere. And, you know, in the U.S., arts is one of the first things to get cut in, in curriculums if there's less budgets and whatever may be for the year. Um, and so there's a lot of emphasis in growing that that part of you, the artistic part of you. Mm-hmm. And when I got to go overseas, what I, what I saw were people that didn't really have to mm, – worry about the things hustling on top of dance like they do here um 
and and but then once you see those same individuals, the people that want more opportunities or what have you, come this way, I think they get to see you know uh, the top of the iceberg of the U.S. because they get to see the the fame, the cloud, the this, the that, and the other, the notoriety, yeah. and then so they come here for that opportunity, or just you know po- politics or whatever it may be, and once they get here, they're the hardest working people that you know because they their back is against the wall, yes. right? They don't really have other opportunities like this is what they came here for to do um so those same people are the ones that work two three jobs on top of going to dance and making sure that they're sharpening their tools and everything so um that's what i got to see it, it, it's it's interesting to see those in the same individuals overseas not have the worry of just focus on their craft and literally can make a living off of it there and then come those same individuals coming here and not having the same opportunities but really pushing forth the effort to make sure that any opportunity is being held. Right. That's, that's in my experience. Um, yeah, that, I think, you know, is the same thing with, I would say, in Asia, because dancer wasn't, you know, a career that our parents or, you know, any people around us, you know, like, who um, highly recommended to pursue or you don't see that many, you know, like uh, figure for you to, you know, like to to pursuing, and you know, especially in Asia, you know, where very conservative mindset, you know, oh, you have to have a job, you have to be doctor, you have to be, you know, like certain role, play certain role in the social society, to be acknowledged or like making money, um, but you know, on the other hand. You know, not everybody very good at acad- academic, yeah. like me. Mm-hmm. You know when, <laughs> you know I, I yeah when yeah when when I was younger, I'm just tell my dad and mom. You know, I I don't think I'm academic person like my sister, which is my sister, amazing person. Shout out to sister, love you. Uh, just sister. <laughs> just sister. Ah, <laughs> uh, V Ving Wing. V Wing. Yeah, Ving Wing. Um, she amazing, but uh, yeah, I think. From my experience, you know, I think I'm growing up. I attract to, you know, something that a little feel a little rebel, you know, like, like dance, or like music, something like you know very artsy. And uh, I didn't have a lot of resources around to, you know, to to educate myself. What is it? Everything just like internet, YouTube, and you know the. Yeah, the, the 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 thrive, you know, the hunger, like I want it, I, I want to have the resources, is really pushed me. And I thought it's just my story, but you know, when I met uh, when I met my dance partner Cloud and like other people, we have the same, you know, like we we go on the same path where we where we very hunger, the knowledge, like the culture, everything which is observed from internet or video, and. Uh, because we don't have so many resources, you know, we have such as limited. So we use the most out, we squeeze the most out of what we have, yeah. you know, like just, yeah, just use the most out of what we have. And at the time we, I, I still remember, uh, you know, beside of a mop top video, you mm-hmm. know, when they teach you uh, old yeah. school, new school or middle school. And then, you know, like we also have, uh, you know, the people, they actually flew to Over. Southeast Asia overseas. Right for teaching and I took class and you know like with you know that's knowledge we just you know drill on those back to back 
and we use that pitching for the younger generation who just step into the scene. And uh, I think that, but you know, we're doing it, but we don't understand and we don't feel it. Yet the feel part is, I feel like if you only live in the culture over here in USA, you will understand that. I start understand that when I move here. Yeah. But before that, I did it, but I don't feel it. Mm. You know, I still I still can do all crazy shit. I feel with what I understand with the culture back home. Right. But not necessarily. Yeah, not authentic. I can do crazy shit. But you can do crazy shit. Yeah, I did crazy shit. Uh, <laughs> but I start understand more about. The culture here, you know, even the style or like how people like gen like authentically expressing it, the style, the dance, the mood, and that shit is like raw. Like even when I travel to Europe or like everywhere in Asia, I didn't see that until I moved here. I'm like, wow, this is different. Yeah, you know, they may not have you know like, as clean foundation as you know like Asian level or like you know European people they do, but the authenticity, the rawness, the feeling is here. Yeah, is definitely here. You you can't see it anywhere in other part of the of overseas, but you only see it here. So, yeah, I think like you know here and there, pro and con, you know, Asia, Europe, good foundation, but the feeling, the authenticity, I would not compare with the USA, but in the in at the same time, you know, in the USA. You know, the way that, you know, like Jason say, you know, his approach is very surface, but where there is like very deep down cultural building, you know, like a lot of things like behind the icebergs, we haven't explored yet. You know, like we haven't, you know, really invested into it. Yeah. But if we do invest into it on top of what we have in here with the authenticity, like the, the rawness of the style is... The potential is... Yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy, but I I think it's heading into that path because with social media, we own the platform that we have, on the resources that we have in here, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna happen really soon. Yeah, I had the feeling like that. Yeah, I think that um, what Kisi noted earlier about the government backing is very significant in that, um, and like and we talked about this earlier. It's not necessarily everywhere over there, but even a little bit is a lot more than what we have here in that the, the government doesn't really support any kind of art here. Um, in fact, they're trying to suppress your want to do the arts. Um, and with that like like knee on your neck, it's really hard to, uh, to find genuine joy in exploring your passion in um, any of this stuff. You, yeah. Um, you end up getting into fight or flight mode and uh, uh, living off this like survival mindset. And now it's not—it's not like I got to work on this art because I want—I want to just feel good in it. It's like I got to work on this art so that um, that other person doesn't get this opportunity, or I got to work on this art so that I could pay my rent this month. I got to work on this art so my kids can live. Like I got to work on this da 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 da, and so and. While this dancing here is something birthed from children, as we were kind of talking about earlier, um, as you get older, the world kind of breaks you down even more. Uh, or this this side, this I won't even say the world. Like in the U.S., it kind of breaks you down as you get older. So where now I'm I'm 28. I feel like I'm I had to fight really hard to be able to still have the hold on my passion like I do. 
Um, whereas most people that I started dancing with are no longer doing it right. because of right. the struggle of trying to make it your main source of income. Right. Um, on top of, uh, we kind of talked about um, the other on the, on the other side of the water. There, objectively, uh, you could have your different opinion on this, but um, I think that they are cleanlier um, in their in their presentation, meaning that um, you could take a picture of them. Um, just like you could take a picture of any choreographer's dance or most most like teen dancing right now, and there could be a, a probably a clean picture at that moment. Um, I think you could do that the same way for European and Asian dancers, um, and that's a testament to the practice and to the the grind that you're talking about earlier. But with hip hop, um, and we're hip hop dancers, so I'm really going to speak from that perspective. But it's kind of like that in all of the dances that were born around here is that no kid is really waking up and thinking I got to drill my running man like <laughs> it's like you kind of go outside and you or you stay in your room or you know so your mom's like yelling at you and you're like Fuck, I'm tired of this like I just want to go dance and you go outside and you just do what you feel like doing and the practice comes from the frequency of feeling that um, so the more struggle you put through the more practice you're going to put into the passion but you're not necessarily working on your form um but what you are doing is strengthening your essence so now that's why all these people they might not look they may not look the cleanest or look the best but you couldn't tell them anything otherwise because you feel everything that they're going through um and it's just an it's just a manifestation of all of the um struggle all of the happiness tears pain built up into what they want to present at that moment um so really, it's that balance is the key for anything. Um, I think once you realize that um, this is an expression, but now it is also somewhat of a sport, also somewhat of a discipline, um, and it's commodified, and the, the people that are willing to pay for it want the cleanlier look, now it's time to be like, okay, I've been working on my essence all my life. Let me start trying to work more on my form so that whenever I go out and perform this for people, they actually understand what I'm doing and they'll be more inclined to give me that dollar or they'll be more inclined. If that's what you're searching for, you don't got to do that. But uh, something uh, I was in L.A. recently for, with, for a freestyle session where uh, Kosi uh, took hip hop and um, shout out Kosi. Shout out Kosi. <laughs> Um, at that time I was kind of having like a, like a down period in my, in my own dance, just kind of wondering where it was going and, uh, seeing her perform with my own eyes. Um, she doesn't sacrifice anything for the sake of the moment. It's what I feel like doing. You're going to like it and it's top tier. Um, and after she won, she's sitting there holding the trophy. Everybody's kind of just like circling around her. There was a moment where she was by herself and I walked over and I was like, you are it. What is it? <laughs> and uh, basically, she said that you just don't really have to to try. Um, it's already within you. Um, especially people who are who are black or come from this uh, come from this culture where the culture is born from. You don't have to try to be something that is already that comes from the people that you are. Um, all you have to do is just hone in on it and that doesn't mean to say that if you're not black that you can't you know what i'm saying like um it's more about that really what that means is black people are just oppressed 
Um, so they're more inclined to be distract or want a distraction. Dance is a good distraction, and that's why dances. So uh, that's why so many dances come from Black culture. But everybody has a everybody's been oppressed. Everybody struggles, and everybody has something to say. Um, it's about tapping into that, um, and not letting anybody take it away from you, and honing it into an actual craft to be able to make it palatable to your viewers and it's something that can't be taken away from you because it's yours like you nobody can copy it the, the that person over here over there has their own um and it's just if we keep looking at the next person like what are they doing over there and what are they doing over there it's even more time spent away from actually digging into what we have going on um so if we can kind of get on that tip like stop looking over your shoulder at if somebody's trying to take your opportunity just Go at your own pace. What what's coming to you is coming to you, but uh, yes, it's it's you, every every moment you're looking at something else, you're not a, you're not in your own brain. Um, so if we just focus and maybe dig a little more, focus is the is the is the word for the year, um, as well as keep our essence intact. Um, mm -hmm. We're the this this side of things is bound to um, grow in. Um, monetary value, essential value, and just just overall um, community, um, which is already growing. That's why I said earlier there are people out there doing crazy shit in the U.S. right now. So shout out to everybody doing it. Um, everybody. A lot of talking there for me. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's talk about cultural differences. Um, speaking a bit more about. Actually, let's see. Um, we're gonna scale back to Chicago um, as a whole. This is kind of where we left off when the other recording stopped, <laughs> <laughs> or where the other recording wasn't. Like, <laughs> um, how have you seen the? Uh, what was the Chicago scene like when you both uh, entered into it, both freestyle and choreo? Yeah. And how do you feel like it's um, changed from then to now? Mm. Um, additionally, do you feel like anything is lacking in the moment in either in either community? And um, what do you feel you can provide to the scene to um, overturn that lack, or you're already providing to overturn that lack? Um, so I, I've had the, the privilege of being in, uh, welcomed by both communities, choreo and, and, and street styles and freestyling and everything. So um, when I first came in, it was a lot about crew culture with the choreo stuff. Um, crew culture turned into mega crew culture yeah. um, and it was all about it it's first started off with the basic things how clean you are um, your performance factor all of that stuff and then it started getting into and it naturally progressed into complexity uh, of your movements um, and then it started going into storytelling and then storytelling turned into uh, multitude. How many multitude of styles can you throw into into your sets, kind yes. of thing? And so, um, and there were different influences, like Hip Hop International played a factor into that uh, because you there's requirements to compete. It's you have three plus styles to compete. Um, so in Chicago, it was very crew heavy, uh, and and there were a lot of OGs and mentors that ran those crews mm -hmm. um, here and it was there was a there's prideful moments right it was a it was a very 
healthy, competitive uh, community here. Everyone was supportive, but everyone also respected everybody uh, as, as competitive as they were. It was a beautiful thing to see. Um, and then the mega crew thing or crews, here it started to uh, blend. This person danced for three other companies. That person started to dance for this many companies. And then now every crew started to move and look and act the same. Yes. The crews had their own essences uh, at the end of the day, but it uh, the dancers performing it started to look pretty much all the same. Yeah. It's kind of all across the board. Um, and then the as far as what I got to see uh, from the freestyle side before Lam got here, uh, it was very heavy. Uh, the house and the breaking was super, super heavy here. Um, and they had what was the club, like Funky Buddha. They had all these places and clubs that were really catering towards that type of culture. Mm-hmm. I never got to go. I was too young. But, you know, through the grapevine, I heard all of that. Right. Um, and then the choreo side started going from mega crew or crews and shifting to individuality and projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people started to branch off and doing their own thing, whether it was personal differences, uh, just wanted to start their own own careers, whatever it may be. And then the crew thing started to kind of dissipate or, or just kind of fall apart. Uh, people started to do their own projects. I still kind of see the same thing, the same people performing the same pieces, you know, over and over again, like Urban Lit and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chicago had a little bit of a lull with just choreo in general, just, and then pandemic hit, and then everything just kind of downshot. And then the freestyle scene, I'll let you talk about it. Because I have a No, thank you. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I would say I, you know, I'm being a proud Chicago scene uh, for seven years, and um, and fortunately, you know, I I was welcomed by the freestyle scene, Chicago scene. Yeah, yeah, they they you know opened their arm and for me like very first time. Shout out to Vero, Brand Guan, Dujer for you know uh, took me, showed me around the dance club in Chicago or like connect me with. A tribe or mm-hmm. you know electric funky peers so swift um yeah it's it's changing in the way that you know, i think very interesting and very cool i think back then you know not back then but like just a few years ago uh when i just stepped in uh chicago um dance wise the community that very respect the you know the foundation and like all of that you know like foundation um and we have very very solid foundation in terms of like house popping breaking um all of that um and then uh you know like this crew they still doing their stuff you know like to preserve the culture whether teaching class you know educate or like uh, train the new generation and hosting event and like Chicago used to be a hub for like you know uh, popping or house slick city is like one of the biggest event uh, that people they travel to uh, Chicago for for that event I still remember the first event slick city that I joined like there are people from New York from you know like different part of Midwest they pull up I was amazed by their talents. Um, and then later on, it's there one part I think you know that you know the people 
or like the the generation that they you know hit to the part of their life where they're trying to figure out uh you know their life you know basically have to find job because again right dance is very difficult to sustain their life in here so they're just shipping that and like it's kind of go a little you know like go a little down uh but i think at this part is very interesting because the newer generation they start picking it up and the way they're approaching is very creativity based which is amazing you know and that part is kind of uh you know, it's it's kind of collide with, uh, you know, the the the, the previous generation where mm-hmm. they think like you have to respect the you know the foundation, the fundamental, and you know understand both uh side where they're coming from, because you know like without creativity, can you know you just look the same, but you know without foundation, can you know you don't speak the universal language, mm-hmm. or you know like how's a bar? Yeah, you know. I, so I, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I understand both sides, but I think right now, at this point, uh, you know, uh, we we holding down in both sides very well, and both sides very respect each other, in the way that you know, uh, the foundational uh, side, they put themselves into you know like other uh, side like creativity side where they explore more. They trying to you know like do more storytelling you know like with emotion with the vocab that they have, and the other side they you know like they appreciate like the fundamental you know they start training fundamental and adding those in their creativity. So Chicago scene right now is very interesting, very cool, and you know critical. Uh, he's used to be, yeah, he been through both scenes. Uh, and he he's got one point when he moved to a different state and now he come back he come with the same thing he very uh you know surprised to see the the newer generation how they dance is very difficult dif- different than what he danced back then mm-hmm. because you know just even like the ten- the timing wise you know like he used to be like just uh the the boom and snare on the time but right now and they know how to break it down, make it make sense with mm-hmm. their, their creativity. So yeah, I think now and then, you know, they're up and downs, but the good thing that communities, now they are together. Mm-hmm. Now they trying to open up more to listen to other people, where they're coming from, understand and like put their, put, you know, their, they are, now put their shoe, right? And put their feet to other people's shoe. Oh yeah, you you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's my take on that. Um, we talked about uh, Veto and Brand One, Tujer, Critical. Um, is there anybody else in the Chicago community right now that you feel like is contributing some pretty good work or is pushing the the community in a in a way of inclusivity and uh, just helping it out in the overall? Um, I mean, there's been there's been generations prior to this of people that have attempted uh, either contributing to the community, uh, combining choreo community with freestyle community. Shout out Tofu. He's tried it before. I was Shout out Kisu, there. too. Um, but the person that really sticks out is Lam. Um, yes. You know, we the, re- the reason why we're all here now is because, you know, he he would hold these classes and sessions with just the five of us, right? Um even before that, it was just the three of them, mm-hmm. right? And 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 it's, it was so scarce. But 
you know, it was one of those things where if you're working two jobs, you don't have the energy for it. Ha- going to the same two people, yeah, they, they're your friends, but sometimes it gets a little draining. It's a little old, right? But he stuck it through. And I remember even when we had the, the first round of classes, um, there were times where he was just like, I don't, I don't know if I want to, you know, keep teaching. I'm busy, like da 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 da. But he stuck it through, and now we're enjoying the fruits of our labor. Yes. Right? Um, you have people coming in from every side of dance coming through and, and joining this rhythm hood, uh, if you guys want to check it out. And um, so that's that's one of the biggest people here do constantly doing that. Not only that, bringing in rhythm hood, but also bringing that cultural aspect, bringing in battles, bringing in events yes. to Chicago for people to experience. People are still talking about hip hop in Chinatown over yes. there, you know, what they felt. And so, so shout out to this man. It's all love, man. You know, yeah. all this work. Yeah, it just. Yeah, I think I I have received so much love from the communities when I just moved here, mm-hmm. because you know, like, imagine you know they just go from different country, and you, know, you have no idea about you know that country, just on media. But again, like you have to live in that, the barriers, everything, but. The fact that the the community here is open their arm. Uh, shout out to Frank, my my best friend. Shout know. out Frank. Shout out Frank. I, I still remember the the time when you know I first met him. My English wasn't you know like uh, good at the time. It's not good either, either right now, but uh, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> but you know Frank was there for me. You know like he. Uh, yeah, I remember I talked to him. He don't, don't understand what I say. He didn't didn't understand what I say. He talked to me. I didn't understand what he say. But mm-hmm. we still dancing throughout through the winter. You know, I just go to his house every Thursday, Friday, just like drink, eat, and dancing. Um, but yeah, you know. So I think all the work that I'm do- doing right now, or like the past year, it just wanna giving back the love that I have received from the community. Absolutely. And you know, I'm so happy that you know the community, you know. They, 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 they valued it. Yes. They, they supported that. Uh, but yeah, man, all love. Yeah. yeah. Um, some other people that I want to shout out really quick is uh, <clears throat> also a Rhythm Hood member, Rhythm Kids member, Tanya. Um, Tanya. And all of Shadow Puppets. They are, yes. they're, the work that they're putting into actually providing quality um, events and quality content and quality information to the community, not just here, but to the overall popping community. Um, is something that you just aren't really seeing everywhere. Um, and they do it on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Like, one-time things are good, but sh- somebody that can prove that they can do it again and again and again and make it feel great and inclusive is monstrously great. Yeah. Um, shout out Jinx. She has a, a podcast out right now about how to make a quality event. Go check that out on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, as well as another another sector of, of the community, Trey and the Just Be Co, um, the yeah. whole house collective over there. They've been yeah. holding house sessions um, every like biweekly all last year. They're going to come back pretty soon. Um, people are in Kel- Brave Monk, K Soul, like everybody is 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 giving. There there's a lot of actual opportunity being presented right now. Um, I think after COVID, um, people are actually just ready to get to the grind like get to what the actual meat of um what we're doing is instead of the um looking around in circles that we were kind of doing before and um 
back in Dallas when I was there, um, there were people doing that as, as there as well, and I wasn't really in the mindset to be able to take all that information. Um, but even back there, people are on the grind. Like there's there's uh, events going on all the time. Haley Summers down there is doing great work. T Soup down there is doing great work. Rift Rishi is doing great work. Like um, I think overall across the nation, we're literally just getting to what we should have been doing all along. Uh, so just shout out to everybody doing the good work. Um, Actually, hot take. You can clip this. Uh, moving forward, if you're in Chicago, we got to start paying respects to Chicago footwork. 100%. Um, creation has been consistent for decades now. Yes. Footwork kings prior to that. Um, Charles would pause, especially pause. Uh, my brother, my mentor as well. We need to, moving forward, if we're repping Chicago, we need to start not only taking and learning from them, but respecting that side of dance. Yeah. Um, there's no reason why this shouldn't be as popularized, whatever it may be, as other styles from other cities. We're here. We're, in, we're literally in the heart of it. Um, that's my hot take. Yeah. yeah, and pe and remember, every year is people fly, you know, from diff different part of the world to Chicago for that. So yeah. if you are here, you gotta take that, you know. Otherwise, if you travel to to different city, people gonna ask you, you from Chicago? You know, food. You know, food. <laughs> <laughs> I was asked that question. Same. Gotta go I, I learn to it. Learn, but yeah, my Mike D is still here on the South Side. A uh, little bit still here. Uh, Finn comes back every now and again. Charles comes back all the time, is holding programs. Like there, there is options for you to be able to learn. Pause uh, is doing online. Pause is doing online. Like there, there, there's not really an excuse nowadays for myself and for everybody. Um, so just get into it, truly. It's not that scary. It's, it's just hard. fast. <laughs> it's not scary. But juke music and hit and Chicago footwork music is some of the best music on the freaking planet. No, so seriously. Like. Um, moving a little bit forward, we're kind of getting to the end here. I kind of want to talk about some other ventures outside of um, physical dance. Um, Lom, uh, currently working with Dance Fight. Tell me a little bit about Dance Fight. Uh, dance Fight, I joined Dance Fight, I think, right now. I think my second year. It's not, yeah, my second year was Dance Fight. And it was, it was a, a, a great journey. Um, I think the reason that make it great because the people who start off this company, shout out to Ryan, but Ryan's, you know, he's has a beautiful heart. Um, you know, he's, he used to have, um, a, uh, nonprofit, uh, with his partner. Um, yeah. And like they're, what they doing, you know, for the youth, for like the people who, you know, like the, the new kid, you know, just abroad from different part of the world. Which is nearly new to the U.S. Literally every part of the world. Yeah, every part of the world. They just brought them together and you know, like just connect them. You know, like uh, two week without phone, but like connect as human beings. Yes. You know, just learning, like trying to learn, even though like some of them they don't even speak the language. But you know, when they start music, start playing, they start dancing and connecting like very authentic, which is amazing. And uh, when the COVID hit, you know, they want to create the same experience, but virtually. So they start dance fight. And apparently 
the dance street dance community they you know we start picking it up yeah and it's become something you know like that very very big right now and uh when i when i first joined uh you know the company you know i told them why i why you know why why i'm here in the street dance community because you know i want to create opportunity for everybody to you know to make money out of what they love and you know like have their life you know to be better it's not just you know as a dancer but as a human being mm-hmm. so you know and the whole journey with that direction you know with with the spirit that i hold you know is very matched with what they kind of creating so it's just being amazing and you know right now in the team we have slim uh, shout out to slim shout out to uh, nitty rich and like a bunch of different dancers but you know uh we also in the same direction you know we trying to create more opportunity uh for the dancer and like it's a lot of project in the in the work right now uh, i think this year going to be big for you know like we're going to launch a lot of uh, different partners uh with different companies but like the whole thing is around how we can support the dancer how we can help the dancer to make money to you know to sustain that life to uh, connect with you know people from different part of the world right now it's because dance fight is worldwide right now mm-hmm. you know so it's and you know working in the community is so cool to see because i'm com- community manager as well yeah you know, to see uh the feedback from people how dance fight has you know support their life mentally or you know like how they how they can connect with people from different part of the country make new friends and all of that it's just been amazing to see that uh but yeah uh yeah. despite you're kind of <laughs> you're working with some of like the more prominent uh brands and companies right now that are giving an opportunity for dancers specifically street dancers to thrive um we just mentioned a dance fight but just recently um your partnership with snipes brand to uh and it's it's integration in hip-hop in chinatown making it such a monumental event um how do you feel about like literally being almost like a pioneer in in the way of brand of branching street dance with um corporate or at least like getting like uh bringing street dance to the forefront yeah um you know like like, like i just say same thing with dance fight you know finding the right resources for the community is only a big thing for me you know it's not it's not recent but you know i holding that back in vietnam you know when uh, i don't know if i had you know mentioned about the story of me back then you know after just debut i keep bubbling mm-hmm. here and there battle rapping vietnam but when i get back to da nang is my city uh da nang is used to be like a hub of street dance in vietnam mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it just at one point everybody quit, and when I got back to my hometown, there wasn't many people, and I just questioned where everybody. So I'm just you know like I just asking people around, and people had the same. Everybody had the same reason that they cannot make living of dancing, mm-hmm. and that that's sad. I, I mean, at the time, I didn't make, you know, my, all my resources wasn't from dancing either, just a little bit. But for the most part, you know, I, I do, uh, you know, I own, I was only, you know, photography and video for, 
video graphic studio back in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So I make money out of that and, you know, uh, feeding my, my passion. Um, so I just decide maybe, you know, this is my new goal for, uh, for my dance, you know, for the community, how I can create more opportunities. So I just like find different resources, you know, whether I got opportunity, performance opportunity in all the resource in my city because my city is well tourist uh, city, you know, so there are a lot of resorts, beautiful resort, and that they need people to perform in. Yeah. So I, I took on this gig, training people, you know, feeding them to, uh, you know, w- with this kind of gig to make money out of that. Um, and then I hold the same, you know, I, I hold a lot of knowledge around that and keep finding the resource. And at one point, uh, my city start, you know, every year they give me, you know, like a certain uh, budget to throw event so I can bring, you know, like more thing for the communities, bring people from outside the city to city for event, teaching, education, and education. And uh, when I moved to here, you know, I think, you know, when, when I get so close with freestyle scene, it's, you know, we, we got the same problem here back in, back home, you know, yeah. like there, there are not many resources, go talk work with the dancers. So I'm just like, but you know, it's, it, it should be, you know, something we should have something that put it into this. And this is America, you know, it's a big market here. There's so many big brands that, you know, um, we can pull the resource from, but um, most of the dancers, we uh, we don't speak, you know, the business language, or we don't understand how we can pull in it. Uh, but, you know, from my experience, all of that, I feel like if, you know, hip hop in China Park was an example. I'm just like I'm just doing my research, and I'm like, oh, you know, I, you know, as a fan of strict dance culture, watching dance video, I know that's not you know that big supporter in yeah. Europe, like you see the logo everywhere at the event, you know, and uh, then my research and just realized that you know they just expand their market to the U.S. I'm just maybe you know maybe Snipe can be a good partner. I'm just trying to reach them out randomly, yeah, you know, shooting in the dark and you know hope for the best. And the good thing that, you know, tonight they're picking it up. I got to meet the team, and that team is amazing. Uh, very diverse. Uh, understand, you know, like the, the, the culture part, you know, respect the culture, and very support, uh, you know, like the, the minorities, very support, you know, like people of color and anything related to culture. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it just, you know, it just popped in my mind is, is a lot of thing around. We have, you know, it, there's so many resource, resources out there, but, you know, to find the right resources that, you know, genuinely support the community is important because people, you know, like some brand that just could have come for the train and they just left, and left yeah. but brand who rooted it had the, you know, had the background uh, related to the culture and, you know, like supported it because is a part of their company. Culture is important. Uh, yeah, even the CEO of the Snipes, you know, he's he's used to be very involved. Now he's still very involved into the street culture in Germany mm-hmm. and be supporter. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answered the question. No, yes, bit. you're doing good work here, bro. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, I was telling you a little earlier that I can't like anytime I think about Snipes or I think about you, I'm like. Lom is doing it big, like it, like, and it, 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 
it's not something that I've really seen before. Like, like I've, I've always wondered, uh, back when I was doing choreography pretty heavy, um, I realized that the most lucrative uh, uh, zone for a dancer in that space is to travel and teach and just kind of be on that, that constant year-long circuit of going all over the place. But to even get to that point, it takes years of honing your craft and, and making connections. And through that time, you got to kind of like go through the mud and then finally reap the rewards at the end, which that's great for um, building um, passion. It's great for, um, again, community and building connections. But it should not have to be that hard for us to make a livable wage off of something that is as uh, physically demanding as dance is, as, as culturally potent as dance is and as um, entertaining as it is like people are using like people watch things because there are dancers in it um there's no reason why there should be someone living in their car and then struggling to find the 15 dollars to go take class or struggling to find the the entry fee for a battle or some shit like that like uh, um i want to say it you know there there's been efforts like dancers alliance you know yes. prior to it trying to make make sure that that type of uh, livable wage was a possible thing, right? Mm-hmm. Dancers getting paid the appropriate amount or what have you. And there's also, you know, to your point, there there's other people like ladies of hip hop in New York. Yes. You can't mm-hmm. discount them. You know, they've been doing it a year prior to us in many ways. It's just time in LA. Yeah. So, you know, there are other people that have done it and we want to give credit to them. Yes. Right? But uh, what Kalam was saying, not only is it the brand, but it, it, that's kind of half the story. Yeah. It's the people that represent the brand. Right and their values and and their personality and what they what they what they really think is super important not only just for brand image but also just to kind of build a community around it that mm-hmm. they can help and push forward right and we've been so 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 fortunate to meet the right people at every step and at every level right everyone shares the same image and it's again it's not a brand thing you can really tell that it's a personal thing it's yeah. A, personal thing they want to check off for themselves because they believe in it internally mm. and so we've been very lucky to you know from their steps from you know bringing me in from hip-hop chinatown and kind of where it is now seeing and meeting all of these individuals it's literally just like an amp like a like a comb it just keeps getting more amplified the higher it goes and it yes. goes and so we've been very fortunate but again we want to give credit to the people that have been doing it in other areas and other parts of the u.s and the world um, we're just in a really good opportunity, a really good spot, uh, pushing it forward here for Chicago and Midwest. 100%. Yeah. Um, I think it's important that uh, we do want to get, like, we. It, it would be nice for dancers to be able to make a livable wage and, and become, you know, um, uh, get fat pockets off of sure. just dancing. But as of now, a lot of people are finding uh, solace in having a lot of different ventures a lot of people are doing dance as well as acting as well as singing as well as fashion as well as uh so on and so forth you have your brand clear mind um could you tell me a little bit more about the beginnings of that and where you would like it to go like where where you see it going for yourself uh there's a video that i watched as a kid um simon cowell he did like a cribs edition of his home and he went into his closet and you know how they show off these giant closets with all these clothes and shoes. And he had like 60 of the same t-shirts and 60 of the same jeans and all the same shoes. 
when I was a kid, I found that very intriguing um, because he optimized his life so that he doesn't have to think about what he has to wear. He knows he looks good in it so that when he wakes up for a meeting, leisure, whatever, he can just throw it on. He doesn't have to think about it. And to me, that that creating a an essential line for yourself made it, it just, it, it was so appealing to me. Mm-hmm. The appeal of, it's comfortable, it's versatile, it, it can go with multiple different things, and you don't have to think about it. Anything that you put on in any combination just looks good. Yes. Right? Um, and I sat on that for a while, and I always loved fashion. I always loved clothes, shoes, all of that stuff. And it wasn't until I was flirting with the idea for a while, and then my, when my grandmother passed, um, I wanted to help my parents out with uh, the funeral costs because they're asinine, which, God forbid, that anyone has to go through, they know. Um, and I remember, you know, her favorite colors were pink, and I I wore pink, but, like, I never designed anything in pink, you know, and I decided, like, I'm going to make a shirt. Whoever wants to support, you know, buy it, and then I'm going to use that money to get the head for, for the funeral. Right. Um, and it was, it was really good feedback from the jump, and I was like, oh, like, cool. Like, this is something here. Um, and I, I love designing that. That's just something that it just, it, I really, really enjoy doing. And I just kept doing it, kept doing it. And I started throwing up mocks, you know, mock-ups on Instagram and Facebook, How, you know, what, do people like this, do people like that. And they were just waiting for the next drop, the next drop, the next drop. Um, but what I wanted to, uh, really kind of focus on and kind of control, I didn't want to just mass produce and burn out for mm-hmm. myself. And, and for other things. Um, I got really, really inspired later on with Jerry Lorenzo with Essentials because it wasn't heavy branding, but it was uh, just neutral pieces that, again, kind of fit what I was trying to go for. Right. Um, and then I, I kind of started simplifying my designs because uh, this was this one that I'm wearing now is kind of complex. Uh, if you flip it upwards, if you bend it, it says success. But if you drop it down, it says Clear Minds. Yes. You know? um, and it was I got inspired by Six, who's a who was a dancer here. He has one of those tattoos. I forgot what they're called, but he has it on his arm mm-hmm. where it reads one thing one way and the like other. Like a palindrome. Yeah, thing. yeah. And so complex things were great, but then also I just realized like I just wanted my closet to look simple, like Simon Cowell. I didn't want to think. I just wanted if I want a hoodie, I have a hoodie. If I want a jacket, I have a jacket, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I would kind of spread out my my releases, and I stopped doing just drops, and I started doing customized pieces uh, for people mm-hmm. because what I wanted that that feeling of having something unique, piece unique, was was cool to me, but also it was very cool to see them be so happy and and and, and like think it's the coolest thing in yeah. the world. Um, and because my obsession with sneakers, it's like that thing, that, that rare sneaker that you get, no one else has it. You feel like you're on top of the world. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I wanted to continue feeding, giving that feeling to people that, you know, doesn't know about that culture or whatever it may be. Um, and so what I did for the longest time and I'm still doing, I've slowed down now, but is, you know, I'll drop slots and I throw out a design. And if you have a color uh, combination in mind or, or whatever it may be, you get it. And then that, that's yours, yeah. you know? And I can't duplicate it between to, between people, and that comes from the nerd side of like Pokemon cards and, and you know uh, right. trading cards and things of that nature. I don't want duplicates of others. I want the piece unique. So, um, 
Yeah, and and that's kind of where it is. Yeah, um, I I wanted to keep it pure. I didn't want to taint it with money. It's not my main source of income. It is purely a hobby and an enjoyment, a passion, um, and I wanted to keep it as that. Mm-hmm. So whenever it started getting too much into finance and money and this, I kind of stepped away from it because I have my day job for that. I don't need I don't need mm-hmm. it for this. Right. I wanted to keep it pure, which is also the reason why dance is the way that it is and my fashion is the way that it is i have my day job for the other stuff to fund these dreams right um and i'm very fortunate to be able to do it (laughs) my man is a freshly engaged new homeowner like baby shout out to baby okay we all got babies around here no we don't but we all you know um no it's beautiful i think that uh it's really um a testament of somebody's character mm-hmm. and uh you can truly show see their intentions when um they're not just trying to get all the money mm-hmm. that they can from everything that they can do it's just about like because because money is great but it starts to distort mm-hmm. um your vision of your own passion yeah. and your yeah. own drive um so it takes a lot of um willpower and discernment to be like i think i this is cool for me I think I'm I'm good where this is at. Like, if the money comes in, it's cool. But I would rather have my attachment to this and the and my connection to this rather than the the frivolous dollars that it comes from. And I get to see my friends smile, and I get to see my family smile whenever they get that customized piece. Nobody's nobody's providing a like a um, an environment like that. Nobody's providing anything like that um, unless they've done the work on, on, on the inside of themselves to understand that this is actually what makes them happy. Um, so I'm, I'm just glad to be surrounded by people that feel that way because mm-hmm. um, it's a dime a dozen. I promise you. We we talk about this literally all the time yeah. where um, every day is just a constant realization that um, people are blinded by um, their need to uh, get through their struggles, which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But there is very, very good peace in just sitting back and realizing that you're okay and that you will be getting through things um, and you don't have to reach for things because yeah. the faster you reach for it, the, the faster it's going gonna, it's gonna to slip away from you, um, uh, which is a way that I kind of want to segue. We'll start closing out here in a second, but um, this free speech podcast is um, just a bigger piece to the puzzle. Um, and again, it's not about money. I don't make any money from this. I don't plan yet. to yet. Like I don't, and it's not really like in the cards. It's more about, um, like I said, a piece of the puzzle. Godfrey is my collective. It's my movement. It's my company to uh, facilitate um, peace within yourself and self acceptance mm-hmm. and understanding that you don't have to um, step outside of yourself in order to attain anything that you want. Um, just move how you want and the things that naturally attract to you mm. are the things for you mm. um and any feeling of conflict or discourse is just the um the influence of external factors trying to get you mm. to maneuver outside of what you would naturally do um and if anything i feel like that's a testament to what literally life is mm. like what else is life but going through conflict, adversity, and then coming out on the other side and having a better realization of who you are and what and where you're going? Um, 
so um, the reason that we're having guests and the reason why we're having these discussions and the reason it's a long-form podcast is to be able to hear people's actual opinions and what they feel, where they come from, so that we can um, humanize them, um, as we talked about earlier. And humanizing is the first step to empathizing. Empathy is the next step to understanding, and understanding is all we have. Um, we all we are only human. We are only um, here for a finite amount of time. Um, and I don't really want to spend most of it crying. I don't want to spend most of it uh, with my stomach hurting. Um, I want it spent with people that I actually um, want to be around, and I want to spend it with people who fill my cup up. Um, so more to look out for um, on this podcast. Um, like I said, I appreciate my guys here for um, being down to talk with me and uh, talk a little bit about their lives. Um, if they have anything that they'd like to plug or tease um, coming up or anything like that for the people. You see the bell here? Subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> I'm going to edit Thanks. that in. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, January 28th, uh, Saturday. Right. Yeah, Saturday, yeah, yeah. Saturday, January 28th, we will be holding a Snipes grand opening battle. Uh, name is to be announced. And uh, yeah, if you're in the Midwest, slide through. Chicago, and slide smoked, through. You know. um, and enjoy the new store, grand, grand opening of their new store in Cicero. Yes. And uh, win some money. Have fun. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, quick shout outs to my homie Walter, um, Yonko World, not Yonko Steve's anymore. Um, also a designer, full all around, multifaceted artist. Um, get into his work. That is my best friend. That super creative. Super creative. Um, you wouldn't, you won't regret no. looking at his page. Um, shout out to Off the Ground for having us here and letting us be here. Thanks, Carly. Discussion. Um, and shout out Rhythm Kids. That's the family. So. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> With that being said, uh, it's a wrap on Free Speech Episode 1. Yeah. Peace.